Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome to another week of Don't Box Me In. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I've got another interesting show lined up for you today. My guest is a very special young lady. She got her start in the clothing and textile industry, but eventually migrated to becoming a certified life coach. She helps folks improve their lives and relationships, and I am so glad, I'm so glad that she's here with me today. It's with pleasure that I welcome Hannah to Don't Box Me In today. Uh, welcome, Hannah, and can you say your last name for me, please? Thank you, Lana, for having me on the show, and mm-hmm. so excited today to be with you. Uh, my name is Hannah, and I eat you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I didn't want to mess it up. And, you know, uh, (laughs) first of all, Hannah, um, I just want to extend my sincere thank you uh, for joining me today. Um, I had a small moment where I was like, I'm not sure if the show is going to happen today. Uh, But and and tell everybody where you're calling me from. Okay. Uh, It's it's so great to be here. I'm sure we're going to have a great time on the show today. I'm Mm -hmm. calling from Vegas, Nigeria. It goes Nigeria. So, yeah, we had a little minor mechanical things at the last minute where we weren't sure if we were going to be able to connect. But like I said, I'm so glad that you are here with me today and we're going to have a a wonderful time. Um, You know, your story that you're going to share with us today, Hannah, is very, um, very close to home to me, very, um, very personal, because I know the pain of losing a loved one, uh, my husband. And then my daughter had to adjust to life without her father. Uh, can you you can you tell us exactly when you lost your dad? Okay, I, I lost my dad at the very age of young age of um, sixteen, and uh, I remember that it was a very long and painful process for me because I was really close to him, and um, losing him was like losing a part of me. But yeah, I am today standing strong, and I'm I'm gonna help your audience get your life back, um, whether it's the loss of a loved one or it's the loss of money or a breakup or separation. You know, loss is, is a part of life, and um, it's something that we'll, we'll, we're going to have to adjust to whether we like it or not. True, true. So you were 16 um, when you lost your dad, and obviously you're doing yeah. uh, wonderful, wonderful things now. Do you have brothers and sisters, or was it just you and your mom? No, I had siblings. I had or elder sister. I had two younger brothers, you know, and my mom. Okay. And um, one of the most awkward things that, you know, I remember going through after my um, husband passed was that everybody was always coming up to me and, you know, oh, I'm sorry for your loss and I know how you feel. And, you know, you know, people mean well, but they really don't understand um what you're really going through when you lose somebody. Um, how did you deal yeah. with, how did you deal with the sympathy of others during this time? You know, uh, my own happened in a very, very funny way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say funny because um, I, I, he was very ill and um, my mom had to take him to another state for treatment and I was left at home with my brothers and, you know, they were keeping us up to date, and it felt like real. It felt like it was getting better. I didn't know that it was getting worse. Maybe because my mom wanted me to concentrate on studies, wanted me to take care of my brothers, because my other sister was in school then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember coming home from the answer's place that fateful day when a neighbor called us and said, uh, Hannah, I'm so sorry about your loss. I looked at her, and I was like, oh, my God, what is wrong with this woman? You know, mm-hmm. she was always known to, like, the gossip in the street. So when she said that, I, I looked at her um, strangely, and I just walked out on her. I didn't want to believe it. I I, I didn't want to accept that uh, I, I lost someone so close to me. And when I eventually find out, my God, Lana, you, you do not want to imagine the pain. I, 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 I literally felt like up with, with something really sharp. I felt like if I said myself or put this thing and I feel the blood gush on my body, maybe they would know how much pain I felt at the moment. It was it was a really um tragic moment for me and um I could never forget that day. Oh wow. 
Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's a it's a surreal moment, uh, and I know in my personal experience that I play it back quite often because you just it's it's something that I wish nobody would have to go through. Was your father ill for a long time? Yeah, he, he was. He oh. was. Uh, he would get better and then um, you know, bounce back, and then it was just absent again, you know. Mm. And that was it. Oh, wow. Sorry. And, you know, and I can say sorry for that because I truly, truly understand that. And then you would be my daughter. She had to to adjust to, you know, life without a father there. Um, you know, I know a lot of people in this world um, use their circumstances for excuses. You know, I'm a single parent or, you know, my mm-hmm. father's not here um, for why they can't have certain successes in life. Uh, but do you feel that? This is okay that people should allow their situations to dictate what they can and cannot do? Uh, the, the truth is that the world doesn't celebrate people that stay down. Um, Pity never got nobody nowhere. Mm-hmm. You choose to stay down because you lost someone. I mean, people are just gonna, you know, come and pity you and, and, in that situation, it's not enviable at all. It makes you um, makes you lose focus. And I feel this is the reason why people remain in this stage is because um, they have they have this feeling at the back of their mind that if they do not express their grief in this manner, um, they wouldn't be taken seriously. And uh, there are, there are stages that we need to go through. And you know, different strokes for different folks in, mm-hmm. in, in recovery. But eventually, we will um, have to recover. You know, maybe in the minute, I will share with you some of the ways in which we can bounce back after the loss of a loved one or whatever loss we might be experiencing. Good deal. So, you know, you having gone through um, the loss of a loved one, and you, from time to time you come across somebody who has also lost somebody, but maybe it's a year later or two, or two years later, they're still... You know, I, I just I, I really feel like I can't go on. I can't you know, this world has no meaning. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. What what advice would you give to them or, or how would you encourage them? Well, um, well there, there are lots of things to say. Uh, first off, you need to let the person know that you understand the kind of pain that you're going through. And it's OK for them to be angry. It's okay for them to be in shock. It's okay for them to not accept that situation um, at that moment. It's okay for them to yell, to scream, but it's not okay to remain in that position. And you say all this with all the love and all the understanding that you can summon. You, uh, you, 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 you give them a shoulder to cry on, but at the same time, you encourage them to not remain in that situation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think your cheek is touching the the keypad. I hear beeping every now and then, but I know my phone does that to me all the time. Um, I want to ask. You said on your website something that I like very much, and it's um, the fact that uh, your father, the loss of your father, was a source of inspiration to you. Um, and I think some people might take that wrong. But what do you mean by that? Uh, uh, when my dad was around, uh, I remember his words of wisdom. I remember his persistence, and I've tried to model my life mm-hmm. after. You know, the best examples we can show show our children at times is the examples that we set ourselves. Yeah, the actions that we take at times it is not enough just speak words. You have to show in our actions. So I, I have tried to model my life after he because I knew that uh, he was persistent, he was courageous. And I also was aware that if he was alive today, he wouldn't want me to be in a terrible situation because of his death. Uh, he would want me to, to summon up courage because I am definitely my father's daughter. My father mm-hmm. was very stubborn. He was dead working. Uh, I, I know that. He wouldn't want that for me. I know that he would want the best for me. And when I think about his loss, when I think about um, 
I will, I will left the world. I, I want to be a legacy. I want to um, carry on his dreams. Uh, he has always dreamt that, especially his daughters, uh, uh, he always had his um, special dreams for us. Um, he doesn't want us to be limited by society, uh, maybe society saying that we are female or something. Is uh, that for me was a source of inspiration. Yeah. Good deal. That's that's a wonderful story. And you also mentioned that um, when your father was alive, there would be three things that he would want from you. What what are those three things? Sorry. Yeah, you said that. Um, is your is your cheek touching the phone pad? Because I keep on hearing like it's dialing the numbers. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, is it better now? Yeah, it's better right now. So um, you said if your father was alive, there would be three things that he would want from you. What would be those three things? Well, he would want me to be persistent. Mm-hmm. He would want me to give back to others, want me to add value, I mean. And he would want me to show love. And I believe that uh, if you know some of the things that the person you you lost, if you know some of the things that they wanted from you, I think doing those things can be a, a happy reminder of them, you know? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be sad memories. If you know if you know something, let's say for example, um your dad used to tell you, do this, add value to people, say thanks to you when someone does something good to you. And after his death, he stopped doing these things. Of course, you know, he is not happy. But you can do those good things that he taught you to do, and you can um, feel that he is happy. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. And I know, um, you know, that was part of the issue that I struggled with um, myself when my husband um, passed, because you, you know they would want you to live your life a certain way. They would want you to carry on a certain way. Um, and I know it forced me to present myself very strong. Um, I didn't seem to be breaking down um, in front of a lot of people and carrying on. But I knew that's how my husband would want me to be. And I think sometimes we struggle with the pity. You know, we want to be, woe, woe is me. I want to mourn in this situation. But... Your loved ones, they want you to to be the best that you can to to have a wonderful uh-huh. life. And I yeah. think th- this is what we struggle with when people when people pass away. So, you know, I think he would be very, very proud of you and, and the, the accompli- accomplishments that you have uh, done since he's passed away. Yeah, I'm so sure. I am sure. <laughs> and, and all of your siblings, they're doing well. Yeah, they are. Okay. Okay. My sister is currently pursuing a second degree in mass communication, and I have young, my younger brother is in college. Okay, all righty. Well, Hannah, we're going to take our first break of the day. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Don't Box Me In. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today I'm with Hannah. She's a life coach and she's coming to us all the way from uh, Nigeria. And uh, I thank her again for making time to uh, talk with me today. Now, um, like I said, you're a life coach, dear, and uh, on your website you do a lot of amazing things. One of these programs that you have is called... Uh, Coach 30 Crazy. What What is that? Yeah. Uh, Coach 30 Crazy is a program that um, I just designed, and it's, it's programmed in such a way that 30 individuals, 30 unique individuals are chosen to go through it, and it caters to different individual needs. For example, um, an individual might want to focus on um, how to achieve a short-term goal, while another individual might decide to focus on achieving a long-term goal. Um, someone else might be interested in talking about sex and abstinence, while someone else might be talking about career. 
transition. So it's, it's an exciting new program, and I'm so I'm so excited about it. Okay, okay. And how does any, how does somebody get involved with the program? Okay, uh, all you need to do is um, log into my website, www.anaedia.com slash product. That's www.anaedia, Hannah spells H-A-N-N-A-H-E-D-I-A, so anaedia.com slash product. Or you simply go to anaedia.com and click on product. Okay, all right. And on your... um website, like I said, you do a lot of wonderful things and you help people in various areas. One of those areas is relationships and you give some pointers on um, when is the time to let go and move on? How does how does a person know that it might be time to let a relationship go? One of the ways you know is um, when you're feeling more unhappy than happy. I mean, you try your best to to bring that life into this relationship. And every time you try, your partner is working this together with you. And more than half of the time, you're just unhappy. That is one very obvious sign that you need to move mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Have you, can you, is it personal to you? Have you had unhealthy relationships before? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, everyone uh, at some point in their life will have um, an one unhealthy relationship. On them. So uh, my, my first relationship, I remember, was when I was um, 17. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like, um, it was more like a peer-pressured relationship. I mean, we weren't doing any biggie, but... Um, I knew that this wasn't right. I mean, it wasn't the right time. Time it wasn't purpose-driven. It had so many lags here and there. And I find that even right now, as adults, there are, there, are, there are a lot of people who just go into a relationship. I mean, they just go, you know, without mm-hmm. love at first sight, or it's so cute, or um, 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 it's good in bed which you wouldn't know, of course, except that you have had so many good beds, you know. So, yeah, okay. you can go mm-hmm. into a relationship and not be sure of what you're doing. And um, I find that that is one major reason why divorce rate or breakup rates keep skyrocketing because the relationship is not purpose-driven. Okay. You mentioned your first relationship was uh, when you were 17 years old. Can I ask, how old, how old are you now? I am 23. Oh, 23. So you're still a baby, according to me. Um, I'm curious, um, you know, because it seems like you'd be like a perfect fit um, for coaching young people and to guide them down the correct path. Um, and, and since you're all the way over there in Nigeria, I'm, I'm just curious, what is the impression that you have of American uh, young people, teenagers? Uh, from what I see, Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that uh, out of the time, what is happening for real is what is happening in the movies. Uh, here in Nigeria, it is not as, um, I don't want to use the word bad, it's not as serious as it, as it is, like the way I see it in movies. For example, I was watching, uh, what's the name of this program? Funny Black Guy on TV now. He has a reality show. And mm-hmm. then um, his daughter have an apartment for herself. She's just 18. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was checking on her. He discovered somehow from his youngest daughter that she was going out on a first date. And he came over and was interrogating the guy, uh, who are you, I mean, girlfriends that he had, blah, blah, blah. And she was upset. She was like, I'm no longer a baby. Over here, you can't say that. I mean, 18 is so baby. Why don't you <laughs> just go over and have your apartment? Here in Nigeria now, but you know, um, over there, I, and I think it's, it's, it's coming down here. It's more like a trickle-down theory, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the culture here in Nigeria does not permit, especially ladies, to have apartments for themselves at such young age. Even, even when you're through the college, not, not apartments in school. I'm talking about you left school and now you're back home. Most of the time, you're not encouraged because um, 
it's it's saying more like um a sneer, like uh, people know you have apartments to yourself, you want to come and pay you visit all the time. Now that is a mentality here in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Now for 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 your parents, you know, the day I was watching that movie, I was I was laughing, I was rolling on the floor because um, she she was like. I'm no longer a baby. I'm a woman now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not in a home. It was so funny. Yeah. Even I'm okay. 23 and I'm engaged, by the way. I am still a baby. Yeah. So 23, you're still a baby. So at 18, it's very uncommon for an 18 or 19-year-old person in Nigeria to live on their own and, and they're still with their families? No, it, it, it's very uncommon, except during school and the school is far from home. Mm. Okay. Okay. Do you think that from your perception, and like you said, it's only from what you get from the media, do you think American children or teenagers are disrespectful or or no? I I wouldn't want to use that word per se, (laughs) but you know, not disrespectful, but you know, uh, when people travel out and they come back, we had different stories of them, um, and, and you know, such such uh, a story that's not very rampant in Nigeria, for example, you cannot just um, walk out on your parents. <laughs> you, oh. you cannot just you cannot just walk out on your parent. It, it's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. It's not done. Or uh, when your mom is talking, you're replying and you say, Mom, it's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, okay. No talking back. back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you don't you do not do that. I mean, there are a lot of things that I watch like, are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And I think that's one of the things that um, we need to appreciate as cultures that um, we're, we're coming from different understandings and different experiences sometimes. So what what seems common sense to us might seem very far fetched to uh, other people. So I think it's always good for us to have an understanding of where other people are at and, and how they do things. So that that tickles me that um, and I think um, I do like the fact that, you know, there's no talking back and it seems a little bit more. um I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm, it seems a little bit more respectful over there to your your elders. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, 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 for example, uh, a, a pastor of mine shared the story with us in church, and he was like, he went over to the U.S. and um, his father and his 16-year-old son, okay, they had visitors, and the father asked the son to please open the door, and the boy just looked at the father and walked out. The mm. pastor said, if that was my son, it was he's gonna open doors for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Like it's not possible, but you know, over there you can't. Now I'm not saying you should um, beat your child up or spank, but here you, you can't just try. It's the fear, the irreverence that you have for your parents. But another another very obvious thing is um, maybe romance in public. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 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 what can you that now? Uh, maybe if you go to uh, some place now in Nigeria, you know, because like I said, you trickle down to it happens, but you, you, you can't just do that. You can't, you can't kiss in the presence of your friends. But you can You understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. If you, what if you're married? Can you, you have... What do they call them? Public displays of affection. If you're married in front of your parents, or no? Uh, maybe you've been your your spouse in a long time. Maybe you can do that. It's it's not like you're shy or something. It's not like um you, you don't want to display your affection publicly or publicly or something. It's just a, it's like an inborn thing, like it's a part of us, you know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Not okay. Like people don't do it, but you know, you you, you attract stares from people mm-hmm. around. So you say you're engaged now. So, so you say you're engaged now. So when your your fiance comes around, you got you don't hold hands or anything in front of your parents. No, we do that. Okay. Kissing and you know uh, that's so not it. But okay. now he's traveled, and uh, if he comes back, and I go welcome in the airport, maybe because I've seen him for a long time, I could 
summon up such courage to do whatever. But no, not in a normal day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, so you're, you're engaged now, but you will be in your parents' house until you and your soon to be fiance move out together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's how it works there. All righty, and um, let's get back to the um, the life coach thing because we got I kind of got strayed there with some other uh, topics there that I found cute. Um, we're going to start off before we go to break here. You have a um, article on your website called "Handling Mind Bullies." What is a mind bully? Uh, a mind bully is it's more like. Um, Putting yourself down by yourself. Now, it's not someone else that is doing this now. It is you doing it to yourself. It is you limiting yourself. So that is what a mind bully is in the context of the article. Okay. All righty. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Hannah, and when we come back, we'll talk more about all the amazing stuff that you're doing. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. I am with Hannah Idea today all the way from Nigeria. She's a life coach. And before the break, we were talking about um, one of the uh, entries she has on her website uh, as far as mind bullies. And you give some tips on how to escape from a mind bully. Uh, what do you suggest for people who are, you know, being controlled? You know, there's domestic, physical um, bullies, but then there's these people who control you through um, your thoughts and, and your emotions. So how do you escape those types of people? Um, you, do you mean to say how do you escape your mind bullying or someone else bullying you? A mind bully. How do you how do you how do you escape a mind bully? Okay, if it's you bullying you, uh, you gotta sit yourself down and talk to yourself, talk sense to yourself. And um, I'll say this, not in the context of the article now, but um, what we're talking about. If you are constantly being bullied by yourself, you know that it is very easy for someone else to take advantage of you. Their, your place of work or in your marriage or at home or in your career. So um, you have to learn to speak to yourself, um, use affirmations, and, and don't just use them blankly. Mean them, take action, because all that you need, all that you need to to get off from, from whatever down situation that you're in right now is inside you if you would just find a solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I misunderstood what you said a mind bully was. So give me one more time. What is your what are you saying a mind bully is from your article? I'm saying that a mind bully is bullying yourself, doing doing the limitation, like an, someone that is um, let's say an external bully. Um, Someone that is challenging you, and you know, bullying can take different forms, abuse, trying to bring you down. But this time around, it's not someone outside that is doing that bullying. It is by yourself. It is you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you are holding you back. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you. Okay, so then tell me, how do you how do you break the chains of that? How do you stop being your own worst enemy? How do you stop? Mind bullying. How do you stop mind bullying? Okay, like I said earlier on, um, you have to speak to yourself. You have to uh, learn to encourage yourself, and you could reach out to others at some point, you know, depending on how far you've gone or how much you limit yourself, you can also seek professional help. Good deal. Okay. And now, I've, I've said this quite a few times throughout the show that you are a, a life coach. Can you tell us why, what would be the reasons that somebody would seek the services of a life coach? What? You know, there are a lot of people 
something that, yeah? Go ahead. Can I go, hunt? Okay. Uh, when, when you speak a life coach, it's because, uh, you, you're, maybe you're a failure or you've been having problems at your place of work. I don't think that coaching is for people. Like, uh, it's not, it's not, when you say you speak coaching, it's not because you're a failure. It's not because you do not know what to do or you're not going in the right direction. People seek life coaching for different reasons. Uh, some people seek life coach to channel negative energy into positive strength. Some mm-hmm. seek life coach because they want an accountability partner. Uh, some seek life coach because um, they just need someone to talk to, more like a sounding board. Mm-hmm. There are different reasons which by which you can have, um, by which you can engage the services of a life coach. Okay. Now, would you recommend somebody who is struggling with maybe drug addiction or something like that to seek the services of a life coach? No. No. In fact, if you check the coaching services page in onanaide.com, I specifically wrote it there that if you're suffering from um, some addictions or societal talks, maybe coach coaching is not best for you. Um, you need to go for therapy or you need to go for, yeah, you need to go for therapy instead. You need mm-hmm. more professional help, not, not coaching. Because, oh, okay. um, because coaching doesn't really dig deep into your past. It really goes um, deep into your past unless it has to. But problems of addiction will require a step-by-step process. It's more longer, uh, uh, the relationship between yourself and your therapist is uh, more longer, and uh, the therapist has to maybe go through some medical, go through mm-hmm. the medical records, has to dig into your past. But coaching mm-hmm. doesn't do that. So if I ask somebody that comes to me for such stuff, I just refer them to a therapist. Okay. And I'm curious, like uh, when I read the intro in the beginning, you started off in. Um, Something totally different. How is it that you came to be a life coach? Okay. Um, I remember uh, growing up, I would um, usually advise people that are even way older than I am. And then uh, at some point in college, too, uh, maybe a friend is experiencing breakup or, or needs to make a major decision. I was always a go-to girl, but I, I, I didn't think it was coaching then. Mm-hmm. Uh, after after graduation, I decided to, you know, I, I loved doing it. It wasn't like a problem to me. I really wanted to do it. And I I believed that for me to give myself credibility, I, I need to bring something better to the table. So I decided to go for a certification. Okay, so you actually went to school to be a life coach? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, is it is it over there is it a long process or No, it's it's not a long process. It's depending on how fast you can go with the program. If you're if you're not busy, if you can go through the old model, you just write your exam. But if mm-hmm. you if you're busy then it might take longer. Okay. And I know here in America, it's a very popular thing. Is is life coaching very popular over there? Mm, no, it's not. It's not. Okay. But people uh, want to relate life coaching like um, more like people, or people prefer the term counseling mm-hmm. life coach. In fact, there, there are a lot of people that do not know anything about coaching. Like I tell people I'm a life coach, they're like, really? I want to know <laughs> what does a life coach do, you know? It's not mm-hmm. very common for here. Okay. Yeah. And I know, um, especially within certain cultures in the United States, there's a lot of stigma with seeking the services of a therapist or a life coach. Do you find that over there that some people think, you know, it's not really that uh, cool to go to a, a life coach? No, I think it's cool. So far, it is. It is cool. Oh. Uh, oh. When it begins to get to uh, seeking maybe uh, mental health sessions, mm-hmm. that get them scared. 
But mm-hmm. since there is no mention of that, I think I'll be relatively safe. Okay, okay. Now, um, also on your website, uh, you have this thing called the 35 life-threatening questions. And I, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, it's it's filled with a lot of introspective questions that we as people need to ask ourselves. And um, one of the questions is, if I don't do what I'm doing right now, what else would I do? Uh, how, how did you come up with all of these questions? <laughs> okay. There were questions that I asked myself all through um, growing up, also making important decisions in every aspect of my life. So I decided to put them all together and put them on the website so people can read them, which one works for them, you know, apply it and answer this question. I find them to, to sit down and because we, right now in this world, it's, 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 um, we have very short, um, uh, should I say, it's the information age, so we have short attention span, and it's really important that once in a while we sit down so we can have a quiet time or meditation time and just think back, you know, on some of those questions, some of those others I use myself. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you hope people get from taking the time to... Uh, sit down and answer these questions? Well, I hope that because every question that um, every question that I wrote on that page needs to be answered. You know, it's good if you can answer five or ten or this ten, but it will be really cool if you can answer all of them. Uh, what would I do if I'm not doing what I'm doing right now? I mean, Obviously, that is more like in the career mm-hmm. uh, aspect. So you're probably stuck in a job that you don't like, maybe a nice job that doesn't give you any form of fulfillment. Answering this question can give birth to a, to a side job, maybe something that you love to do. For example, maybe um, you work in the bank and you really love to be a hairstylist, you know? Mm-hmm. And answering this question can really... And, you know, I think, um, you know, some of the questions you ask, and even if they cannot answer all 35, some of the questions that you have, um, are very vital for, uh, you know, somebody to, to look in the mirror, so to speak, and, and really get a handle on, you know, there's the, why am I here? Um, you know, how far can I go to achieve my dreams? Um, how much will I sacrifice for somebody else? Um, and let's see here. What else do you have? Do I have what it takes to succeed? And, you know, all of these questions, you know, I think we just, you know, we really just overlook. But if we take the time to just on pen and paper, try to figure out who we are, uh, what we can do, what our, our capabilities are, what our dreams are, and, and put some sort of plan into action, you know, that we will have a much more enriched and full life. And, you know, I think, you know, your your questions here kind of give people direction towards that. I think it's a very wonderful thing that you got there. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it's instructed in, in such a way that you can just apply it in every area of your life. For example, you said, um, how much can I sacrifice for someone else? You can ask stuff. You can ask your, your partner that question. You can mm-hmm. ask, you know, yourself that question and, and see what you're replying. In fact, some of the questions are just plain fun, you know, so it can be applied in every area of your life. For example, which, which do I believe? Win some, lose some, or win all. Win Why? some, lose some, or win all. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. So, how can I do the best? What can I live with? What can I live without? You know, answering these questions is just very, very important. Some of them are just life-saving. Some are just fun. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. I like to hear young people with, you know, some vision and um, 
direction. So that's that's wonderful to hear. Well, Miss Hannah, we're going to take our last break of the day. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some more stuff that you're doing and the, the book that you have in the making. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more Don't Box Me In right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I have been speaking with a delightful young lady today, Miss Hannah. And uh, she comes to us all the way from Nigeria, so I'm so thankful to her for that, for making time uh, to be with me today. And uh, she's a life coach and before the break, we were talking about a lot of stuff that she does and how she helps people. And she also mentioned that she's uh, engaged. She's got a fiance. So one of the things that you help people with is relationships. And on your website, I noticed one of the things that you uh, talk about is compromise when it comes to having a successful partnership with somebody. Um, so how is it that, you know, um, we need compromise? And I know you're going to take this into your marriage that you have when you, you go off on your own. So why is compromise so important? The truth is that uh, to have a successful relationship, at times you just need a little bit of compromise. You can't always have your way. Let me uh, paint a very funny illustration. Let's say, uh, you know, that's an illustration. Let's say I am watching Wendy Williams, and my friend wants to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, Baby, let's go to the beach. And I'm like, no, I want to watch Wendy Williams. And I'm so fond of, you know, repeating that. It's like a pattern. It's like a pattern that he has noticed and, and, you know, he just cut him off. And if I could, if I continue in this same pattern, always wanting to have my own way, always wanting to watch my own Wendy Williams and giving time out for, for us to go to the beach. Eventually, the relationship is going to self-destruct. So it's really important that we, we compromise, you know, a level of compromise in every relationship. Mm-hmm. And what else have you um, learned that is important for a, a healthy relationship? Uh, I'd say a proper-driven relationship is, um, is a really healthy I think that the number one reason why breakups is obey is on a high level is because most relationships out there are not purpose driven and you know this is I think it's mind with this new book that I'm writing. Uh, for you to have a successful relationship it has to be purpose driven. It has to have a reason. Uh there are people that are looking for love in slumber parties and there is somebody else looking for love at um, a tech party, and both of them just meet each other, and you know, they are drunk and they just fall in love. Or maybe a perfect scenario is um, you just see this guy and you see this girl, and both of you look cute, and you know, they're just <laughs> good to each other. <laughs> Way more than that. In fact, that uh, first attraction is not. Um, that then you scratch the surface of what a real relationship is because over time that 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 love at first sight is gonna drop down to the the minimum and then you're gonna begin asking yourself, Do I do I really love this person? You know? Mm-hmm. So for every relationship you do, that that relationship needs to be purpose driven and I hope that I'll be able to shed more light on it in my new book. Okay. Now, um, I know here in America, divorce is a big problem. Is it the same there in Nigeria or no? In Nigeria, uh, it's now on the way. I'd prefer back to the trickle-down story before. Even Mm -hmm. if you are in a relationship, and uh, except in very, very few cases, do you hear somebody say, I think it's time that you guys separated. It's, it's, it's more like uh, when, especially in the sort of female side, you don't divorce. It's, 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 it's more like a thing of shame, you know? You can't, mm-hmm. you can't 
walk in public. You can't walk well because people are whispering behind your back. But you mm. know, right now in Nigeria, I think it's on the rise now. I don't think it's really a big deal. I think in Nigeria, well, it's more separation than divorce. Okay. All right. So not so much divorce, but more so separating. Um, but even that yeah. is kind of different for the culture over the years. It's, it's just because, like you said, it's a, some, some bad habits maybe from other countries are coming that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we mentioned the book. You're working on a book. What, what's that about? Uh, it's a project I started a, a month back. I have a working title for it, and it's your relationship. Uh, I'm sure the title is going to change when the book does start. <laughs> the title right now is Relationship That Riddle. What is so real about your relationship? Lay. Why virginity is overrated? Son. When to be Christian class? Shit. I think mm. it's a shift on how we relate to a relationship. Alrighty, so do you have a, a plan for when you'll be finished with the book? Uh, the, the book should be ready to be first visited in Tokyo the very Okay, okay. Now also on your website, uh, you said there was a, a post about the important things you learned or something like that in 2013. So can you share with me what is it that the year 2013 taught you? Uh, the year 2013 has taught me that Anything, anything at all is possible. I didn't think that I could come up with a great website. I didn't think that I could write great posts. But the year 2013 has taught me that I can do anything that I set my heart to do. That's one of the things. And mm-hmm. um, another thing that the year 2013 has taught me is um, to be persistent. The man that is talented that is gifted will fail if he is not persistent. If you are in a particular business and you're faithful to that business and you're persistent with that business, you put in your all for that business, you're giving it a more than 50% chance of survival. So that is what another thing that 2013 has taught me. It taught me to be strong. That's important. You know, I think a lot of people have dreams and goals but they're not like you said persistent with it you know you know when you plant a seed you have to commit to watering it every day and giving it sun every day some people say well you know I'll come back to it every three days or so and then at the end they're like why don't I have any fruit that's you know or how come I don't have a wonderful plant um and you know that's very key in anything anything is persistence yeah Yeah. Let, let me add something to that. And the thing is that um, it needs to be focused. Like there are people that want to be this, I want to be this, I want to be this, I want to be that. Uh, some people, for example, want to be, uh, want to have five books come out in year 2014, and they're working on five of the books together, and yeah, they have a side job, and they have kids to take care of, and everything is just mumbo-jumbo. So you need to be focus, get focused on one thing. Um, mm-hmm. You have so many things that you're pursuing at the same time, it is very possible that you will not be able to measure your best in all of those things. <laughs> you know, and, and you bring up another point there. You know, we tend to be all over the place, you know, and I had just kind of wrote myself a note about this. My problem in life is I try to carry too many plates and I end up dropping something. But if I just set one or two plates down and come back for it later, I get much more done. You know, so you can't you have to focus. You have to you know, it's a one at a time thing. I can't be over here and over there and over here, you know, just concentrate on this one thing. And, you know, then I can I can be the best at this and then I can go ahead and segue into something else. So, you know, I think that's very, very important, too, as well, to be focused. Yeah, and and. And, and another uh, other person um, decides not to count their blessings, you know. Like um, they have so many New Year resolutions that they could not fulfill, and they're always beating themselves over it. How about celebrate the ones that you were able to achieve? Okay, funny, you were ten goals and you were able to achieve two goals, maybe for various reasons. But 
kind of needs to be solved. I think 2014 is the year to go get it. And um, um, another thing that 2013 has taught me is to always count my blessings and not to complain. You know, there are a lot of people that, that wanted to do some stuff last year and they were not able to get anything done. But if I was able to do this and do that and I was able to start my book and now it's almost ready, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next. That I think it's, it's something worth celebrating. Amazing. So I hope that you have a wonderful 2014 uh, based on the Thank things that you, you learned in 2013. And we are at the end of our hour, dear. And I just want to say, I mean, I cannot say it enough. I thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me for this hour. It's not like you're, you're next you door so. or you're, you're in New York or anything. You, you really came a long way to talk to me for an hour. And I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so no. much. And, and one last thing for, for your audience, I have a freebie. If they would just go to my website, www.anaida.com, they can get a, a mini course that I wrote. It's called The Ultimate 360 Degree Year. Outside an all-round factors. Outside an all-round 360 degree factors in year 2014. So all you need to do is go to the website at www.anaida.com in your name, punching your best email, and you will get that mini class. Also, if you're interested in joining the Coach Study Crazy class, I have the first week free for everyone listening right now. All you need to do is uh, go to anaida.com slash product or visit anaida.com you click on the product page and sign up. Good stuff, good stuff. So my guest today has been life coach Hannah Adia, and visit her website, like she says, that's H-A-N-N-A-H-E-D-I-A dot com. I've had a wonderful time chatting with you today, my dear. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. No problem. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life.